have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. I've betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed. And he went and he hung himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces. And this is what they said. It is not lawful. It's not right. It's not legal for us to put these pieces of silver into the treasury of the temple because it is the price of blood. It is the price of blood. And you could turn there if you would like, but I just want to read quickly now from 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. The Bible says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver, gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But what were we redeemed with? With the precious, someone say precious, the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. I know it's Resurrection Sunday, but I, I feel like I need to talk about the precious blood of Christ. The precious blood of Christ. Before there was a resurrection, there was a, a burial. Before there was a burial, there was a death. And the significance of the resurrection today is because Jesus died. He shed his blood for each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you so much for your word that's available to us. And I pray that I will, Lord, be sensitive to your spirit, following the Holy Ghost and ministering your word to each and every soul that is in this place and everyone that will hear this message, that it will be your word and not my own, that I will minister under the power and the authority and the anointing of the spirit in my life. Lord, and you get all the glory and you get all the honor. And I pray that our hearts and our minds and souls will be receptive to the word of God as it is ministered in this place. We'll give you thanks and praise. Some will say in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. That'd be good. Let's do that again. Let's clap our hands and just thank the Lord for his word, for his name, for his spirit, for his blood. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Let's give the Lord a shout of triumph. Lord, we love you and we thank you. For all that you've done, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So, so very happy to see each and every one of you here today. Many of you that we know, some of you that we don't, that I cannot wait to meet after service. Uh, there are going to be some light refreshments. We've got a, a new ministry here at the Refuge Church. Our fab group, our 50 and above, and we appreciate Sister Becky and Iken just coordinating this. This has been a burden on her heart, and they've prepared some cookies. Uh, hopefully you'll just stick around and enjoy just some fellowship after service. Redeemed, redeemed, that was the word that has been on my heart here the past few days leading up to uh, this service. And, and I, I've got to be honest, as a pastor uh, in 21st century American Christianity, there's a little bit of pressure here. You know, it's Easter. You just, you don't want to mess up. You know, there's going to be guests here. There's going to be family, relatives here. And you just, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to warn you, I'm, I'm probably going to mess up. I'm probably, this may fall flat, but I think that God wants to speak to someone. 
Redeemed is the word that has been in my spirit. Redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed simply means, it's a, it's a biblical word that simply means to be purchased, to be bought back. Something that is cursed or something that is forsaken, something that is forgotten is purchased back. And it is very accurate for each and every person in this room that has been redeemed to say that the Lord has purchased me with his precious blood, the precious blood of Christ. And so I asked this question on this Sunday, how precious is his blood? Now, I want you to think in, in terms, carnal terms, if you would, earthly terms of precious Something that is precious. And, and let me draw your attention to something that you're familiar with. Gold and silver are considered earth's precious metals. Now you might even ask, what is the world's most precious metal? And you might be surprised to find out that gold actually comes in third place. Gold is perhaps one that people are most familiar with, but in order most valuable per ounce, gold comes third with a worth of about $1,900 per ounce of gold. First place is rhodium. Rhodium, you may never have even heard of rhodium, but it is right now considered Earth's most precious metal with an estimated value of approximately $19,000 per ounce. That is a whole lot more per ounce than gold. So if we, if we, if we had a choice of an ounce of gold or an ounce of rhodium, how many would pick the rhodium? Yeah, absolutely. So when something is most precious, that means a little can buy a lot. And prices these days, you want something that you might only have a little of, but it could buy a whole lot. Has anyone else felt lately like your fuel in the vehicle that you drive disappears quicker than it did about a year ago or two years ago? Seems like as prices go up, it seems like the faster our vehicles burn through the fuel that we're using. So the question is, what is the value of the precious blood of Christ worth? To estimate the value of something, as in this case, the blood of Jesus, we've got to find out what it can buy. We know that the precious blood of Christ can purchase a human soul. Now, what is a human soul worth? The, the Bible says in Matthew 16, verse 26, Jesus is recorded saying these words, What is it profited a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? Or he said it another way, What shall a person give in exchange for their soul? What is the value of the precious blood of Christ? Let us first discover the value of a human soul. And if the value of a human soul is equivalent to the value of the entire world, well, what's the world going for these days? We know that houses prices, houses prices are up and it's a seller's market. So when calculating the worth of the whole world, we, can, we, we should consider different things like its natural resources, gold, diamonds, water, which is Earth's most precious natural resource, or, or fame, or fortune, or power, or even pleasure. 
And I did just a quick Google search, and you find that the richest people in the world, they've got a lot of money. They've got a lot of money. Does anyone know who the richest person in the world is right now, their net worth? Who is it? No, he's second. That was very close. Elon Musk has surpassed Jeff Bezos or Bezos, whatever you want to pronounce it as. Elon Musk is currently worth $250 billion. Now, to put that in some kind of perspective that we might be able to understand here in Rock Island, Illinois, if you were able to save $250,000 and tuck it away under your mattress or in your basement, and you did that once a year, you would have the same amount of money as he's worth after one million years. It would take one million years to put aside $250,000 a year. One million years to equal how much Elon Musk is worth right now. Then you go down the, the line and you see all these people that are worth billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. In fact, Warren Buffett is actually all the way down at sixth on the list. Sixth on the list with $125 billion. Now, now, now think about this. So, so let's go beyond the billionaires. And let's, let's just think. So what is the whole world, what is the whole world worth? Well, one report came out in 2019 that counted how many billionaires are in the world right now. They're in 66 different countries, and they have a combined net worth of $8.5 trillion. $8.5 trillion. Don't even try to calculate how much that is. That is so much money. And, and, and if we're trying to figure out how much is the whole world worth, because we know that one soul is worth at least the whole world. So let's just take the combined net worth of all those billionaires and throw in a little bit extra for good measure and say that the whole world right now is worth $10 trillion. We know it's worth much more than that, but the whole world is $10 trillion. And if you would exchange your soul for $10 trillion, your profit margin would be a big, fat goose egg. That means if you had an opportunity to trade your soul and someone had $10 trillion to give you for your soul, it still wouldn't be more than the worth of your soul. The breath of God that resides within you. How you have been crafted and created in his image and in his likeness. You're worth more than $10 trillion. I don't know where we're at right now in the national deficit, but essentially, if we would just trade in one of you, we could pay off the national deficit. Don't tempt us. Now, that's one soul is worth $10 trillion. Now, does anyone want to take a guess? How many souls do you think have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed? As in how many souls have been baptized in that lovely and wonderful name of Jesus and have had their sins washed away? How many souls since Calvary have been redeemed? I'm just going to throw out a number. Last night I was, I was you know, I, I, 
I don't know what it is about Easter. Last Easter, I got on numbers too. Maybe it was youth convention. We heard all about the number eight on Friday night. <laughs> we had a good time at youth convention. But I just, I just threw out a number because I was trying to do just some round math. And, and I, was, I, I like math. That's probably my favorite class in school, math and chemistry. I love math and chemistry. And all of you are thinking I'm so weird. Like, who loves math? So I threw out $100 billion. Let's just say a conservative amount is since, since the day of Pentecost, since the book of Acts, there's been 100, and 100 billion souls that have been baptized and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, if you take 100 billion and multiply it times 10 trillion, you get one, I lost some of you now, <laughs> You get one septillion. That is a one with 24 zeros behind it. One septillion dollars is how much the blood of Jesus Christ has purchased conservatively in the last 2,000 years. Now, oddly enough, now I promise you, I was doing the math here, and I thought, you know what, this reminds me a lot about the promise that God gave to Abraham. God said, Abraham, I know you don't have any kids yet, but your family is going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I thought, I wonder how many stars are in the sky. And crazy enough, you know what happened in my little bit of research, me and Brother Google? I found out that the number I came up with, one septillion, is actually the educated, though, poorly educated guess of astronomers of how many stars are in the universe right now. They estimate conservatively that there are one septillion stars in the universe. And I do find it interesting that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. He says that when you belong to Christ, you also become the children of Abraham according to the promise. How precious is the blood of Jesus Christ? It's so precious that it is able to purchase at least as many stars in the sky. It can purchase, purchase that many souls on planet earth. Chase this rabbit just a little bit longer. I promise we'll turn a corner and get out of this hole. So how precious, valuable, or worth, what is the worth of that precious blood? So to calculate value, you have to take the buying power and divide it by its quantity. The average human body contains about a gallon and a half of blood. That's about the amount of milk that my son drinks in two days. Thankfully, it doesn't cost as much as gold. That's 192 ounces so you take one septillion, one with 24 zeros behind it, and divide it by 192 ounces, and that equals 5.2 sextillion. That is 52 with 20 zeros behind it per ounce of precious blood. Now, that's, that's still a lot of math. So what I like to do is I like to get it a little bit lower. Let's not break it down by ounce. Let's break it down by each and every cell of blood. There are approximately 35 trillion blood cells in your body right now. 
And if you do the math, that is 28.6 billion dollars per blood cell that was in the body of Jesus Christ. How precious is his blood? My friend, if you just took the per ounce equivalent in U.S. dollars, that is, (laughs) this is crazy, that is over a hundred of the richest people, times a hundred. If you took every person that is a billionaire on the planet, the blood of Jesus per ounce could buy all the wealth of the entire world a hundred times. So when the Bible tells us that we're saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, just consider how precious that blood really is. Before you choose to exchange that blood, and its power to wash away your sins for anything else, consider its worth. So Judas, what were you thinking? What were you thinking, Judas? To betray what he said is the innocent blood. The innocent blood for just 30 pieces of silver. And if there wasn't a nationwide corn coin shortage, I would, I would have 30 pieces of silver with me right now. They just, they don't have it in, in circulation right now. Just kidding. 30 pieces of silver to trade in or betray Jesus Christ. He exchanged the Lord and every ounce of his blood for just 30 pieces of silver. Could it be because he didn't see the value? He didn't comprehend how precious and how worthy that precious blood is. The buying power that is in that blood. He could have haggled with them for a far greater price than just 30 pieces of silver. But it doesn't matter how much money those chief priests and rulers could have collected and put and slid across the table. It didn't matter how much money they collected and resources and power and fame and pleasure they could have gathered together to exchange for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It still would have paled in comparison to the per ounce or per blood sale amount and estimated value of that precious blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Now we could point our finger and shake our head at Judas all day long on this Easter Sunday, but how many times have you and I been guilty of the same crime where we have been washed in the blood, we've been called by the name, we've been redeemed into the body of Christ, but yet we'll trade it in for what and who and where and when? Why are we even gambling with such precious? blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, you see that precious blood, it may have been able at this point to have redeemed a hundred billion souls, but can I tell you that its value exceeds far what we could perhaps calculate in this room today if there were a hundred billion more souls it could save that many too in fact I'm here to tell you that that precious blood that still flows from Calvary's hill is in this room and it's looking for another soul that it could
could wash, that it could redeem, that it could purchase. And how many is thankful that you are one of them who has been bought with that precious blood, that you've been washed, that you've been cleansed, and your sins have been remitted. Would you clap your hands right now to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we, we hear you. We hear you. We hear you. The, the, the blood is worth, I don't know, what would you say, septillion, sextillion, I don't know, trillion, billion. I, you, you lost us in all those zeros. You got 20, 24 zeros. I don't know. It doesn't matter. What's the real value, right? What's the real value of this blood that you speak of, preacher? What, what good is it going to do for me right now? Because that's really what the value of something is, is it not? If you were walking across Centennial Bridge and, and a strong gust of wind blew you right over the rails and into the water, that icy cold water, and somebody came by and had a gold, solid gold bar that is approximately worth $67,000 and your muscles were cramping and your body was getting tired and the current was taking you under and they said, hey, here's a $67,000 worth bar of gold. Here you go. You tell me how long you're going to hold on to that. Because I don't care how much you could get down at the pawn shop or the jewelry store. I don't care how much you could. That is worthless to me right here, right now. But if someone pulled up with a life preserver, yet you could go down to Walmart and pay $8.88 pre-tax for, you better believe, I'll give you whatever's in my bank account. I'll give you whatever's in my home. Just give me that $8.88 life preserver. You could keep your bar of gold. Give me the life preserver. I know, I know there's some smart aleck teenager right now in this place, or not so teenager, that's thinking, I'll figure out a way. Give me the bar of gold. You keep that life preserver. Right? There's some of you, you're, you're trying to figure it out in your mind right now. Like, okay, I could do this. I could do this. I could cry for help. But just give me that bar of gold. And that really, that in there lies the problem, doesn't it? That in there lies the problem, doesn't it? Because somehow in the human psyche, we try to figure out whatever we can, even if it kills us. We want to hold on to the things that this world will label as valuable and precious and will not, will excuse ourselves from the very thing that could save our lives. Even though, even though the world says, hey, that's just eight bucks, that's just seven dollars, I could get that on discount at Amazon and get it delivered to me in 24 hours. No, listen, you could try to figure out a way all you want to hold on to the things of this world and sink to your death. But as for me, give me the blood. Give me the name. Give me the spirit. Give me the church. I need something that will save my soul. Oh, I, I, I know, I know, I probably haven't given you much ammunition, right? You're going to walk out of this place and, and, and your family and, and the atheists and agnostics in your, in your family circle, they're going to ask, well, what, what would you hear at church today? And you could try to tell them the numbers. You could try them septillion and trillion and billion and get lost and get confused. And you have to look up and call pastor like, what did you say about that again? And your relative won't care a hoot of what, what the per ounce price of the precious blood of Jesus Christ is worth. And, and they won't even listen. Their eyes will glaze over like some of you did for me today. But when you start telling them what the blood did, 
when you start telling them of how it saved you, of how your marriage was falling apart but the blood, of how your mind was in chaos but the blood, of how you were drowning in sin and addiction but the blood. Oh, I wish someone would get a revelation of not just a dollar amount of what the blood is worth, but the forever eternal value of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, would you clap your hands and give praise unto the Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. We, this past Monday night, we had a, a men's meeting, and, and we just went around the room and shared testimonies. There was about 15 of us, and probably about 10, 10 gentlemen from this church shared testimonies of what God has done in their life. And I won't, I won't share details with you. I feel sometimes like what happens in men's meeting needs to stay in men's meeting. But my... If you were in the room on Monday night and you saw grown men break down in tears and talk about what the blood of Jesus has done in their lives and what the love of Jesus has done in their lives. You wouldn't need my calculations to figure out how precious that blood is. I think you could surmise and conclude on your own of how precious that blood. You don't know. Listen, you're sitting next to some miracles. You're sitting next to some testimonies in this place. And I know... I understand, I understand. Maybe you're a guest with us and you've never been to a church like this. You think we're a bunch of lunatics jumping up and down and clapping our hands and shouting and whistling and all that good stuff. And here I am up standing on a platform, pouring down sweat, shouting and screaming at you. And you're like, just calm down. But if you knew. I said, if you just took just a moment of your time and just linked up with one of these precious church members and let them tell you where they were and where God has brought them to and what the blood has meant in their lives, you'd be convinced just like the rest of us. You'd be lifting your hands and running to this altar and say, I've got to get some of that blood. I've got to have that name. I've got to be filled with that spirit. It's too good to pass up. I don't know what it is with the J's. It's Judas in the New Testament and Jacob in the Old, or Esau rather, but Jacob is the conniver. He's the one that's the trickster, and somehow he convinced his twin brother Esau to trade his birthright for a bowl of beans. And in the book of Hebrews, I believe it is, it's like, how can you do the same thing with so great salvation? Don't neglect it. Listen, I, 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 I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done. Listen, but don't just tell me about what he did for you past tense. But I'm here to tell you we serve a living God on this Resurrection Sunday that he's walking with me. He's talking with me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I need the Lord. I need him today more than I ever needed him. I thought I needed him when he filled me with the spirit but I know I need him more today than I did then. I thought I needed him when I was baptized in his saving name but I know I need him now more than I ever have. If anybody else feels that way would you clap your hands and just give a little bit of praise to the Lord right now. I love you Jesus and I thank you Lord for all that you've done. You are worthy Lord. You are worthy Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, I'll quickly come to a close, but I seriously doubt that many, if any of you 
here today have ever tried to estimate the dollar value of the precious blood of Jesus Christ before, and, and this will probably be the end of your quest. But I'm a little worried that on this Resurrection Sunday it doesn't even matter that much to you. Why? Because nobody had to tell you how much each blood cell in the body of Jesus Christ was worth. You discovered that for yourself, and if you haven't, you sure can. You sure can. Why is it so precious? What is, what is so special, right, about this blood? Well, from the very beginning, we find in the garden that Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They sinned, and the Lord, though he told them, the day you eat, you'll die. His love came and spoke on their defense. And an animal sacrifice, blood was shed, and their shame was covered by the skins of that animal sacrifice. And years later, God gave to Moses the law, and in the law, it explains the value of blood, the price of blood. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. In other words, the life is in the blood. But his blood was not just any ordinary blood. His blood was not the same blood like you and I have. Now, don't mistake, yeah, don't misunderstand me. When he, when he shed his blood, it looked like any blood. But as Judas says, it was the innocent blood. It was the blood of the only begotten Son of God. It was not the product of sinful man coming together, but the Virgin Mary who was overshadowed and found with child of the Holy Ghost. Furthermore, he lived 33 years on this earth, and he was tempted in every way as you and I are tempted, but he committed no sin. And when he prayed earnestly in that garden on that fateful evening, and blood fell from his brow as he sweat, and his sweat was mixed with blood. And when he was beaten with many stripes by which we are healed and when he was crowned with thorns and when his hands and feet were stretched on that old rugged cross and nailed to it and even after he took his last breath and crying he said it is finished and the Roman soldier pierced his side with a spear and from the side of Christ poured blood and water. It was this innocent, sinless, precious blood that was shed for many of which I am one for the remission of sins. You see, my soul needed to be atoned. I was in sin, but while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And I'm so thankful that I'm here standing before you in 2022 to tell you about the precious blood of Jesus Christ that will never, ever, ever lose its power. For it reaches, as the old chorus says, to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. According to Acts 20, 28, the apostle Paul said it was by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that he purchased the church. The church used to sing more songs about that precious blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washed away my sins. That sounds pretty repetitious. I don't know if I'd get into that. Have you heard some songs nowadays? We probably got out of practice of singing about the blood because events like this one, Easter Sunday, when you got guests that have never heard anyone talk so much about blood and not be in the hospital. 
But this is the hospital. This is a place where bodies are healed and minds are made whole and souls are saved. This is a refuge where the broken and the weak and the hurting and the maimed and even those that are left half dead by society that has beaten and took advantage of them, you can come on down to the refuge church because the blood still has the power to save and to make whole and to deliver. Would you stand to your feet if you're thankful for the precious blood of Jesus Christ? Would you clap your hands one more time, everybody together? We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, praise God. Remain, remain standing. I'm, I'm finished. You will find in your Bible, if you have a King James Bible, and I didn't check with other translations, forgive me, but if you have a King James Bible, you will find the word Easter one time in the Bible. The word Easter. I'm not here to debate or even dialogue about the origins of the word Easter and if there's any pagan roots and all that. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about that. But, but let me just make a comment. So in the book of Acts, the, the Bible records this one place in the King James where the word Easter is found. It's chapter 12 and verse 4. The Bible says that when he had apprehended him, this was King Herod, King Herod had taken James, killed James, who was a church leader, and he saw that it pleased the Jews, that it made them happy. And so he said, well, I'm going to go ahead and take Peter too. Because, I mean, hey, people love me, what I'm doing. So I'm going to take Peter. And he apprehended him, and he put him in prison, and it had delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending, here it is, after Easter to bring him forth to the people, to bring him forth to the people. The, the New Testament for those that don't already know, the New Testament is translated into English from the Greek language. And in the Greek, the word is pascha, pascha. Every other place in the New Testament where this word is found, it's translated Passover, the Passover. Now, by and large, I believe that all of the places that this Greek word pascha or Passover is found is before the book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it's found in those scriptures, right? And every time that it's found, it's referring to a feast that the Jews would keep where they would celebrate what they called the Passover. They celebrate it to this day. If you're in an Orthodox Jewish home, they celebrate each year Passover. And the word Passover comes from the, the, the history or the story of how the Israelites came out of Egypt by the hand of God. And God told Moses, I have shown my hand through these nine plagues that I brought upon Egypt. Plague of flies and frogs and lice and blood, water turned to blood, on and on. Rained hail and fire. But he says there's one more plague. And on this last plague, it is by this plague that the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, he will throw you out of Egypt. He will force you to go because it's going to be so devastating. He said, there's going to be a destroyer that comes through Egypt, and in every single house, death will visit it. The firstborn in every house will die on this night when this angel of death or this destroyer will come. He said, but for those of you, my people, if you will take an innocent 
and an unblemished lamb, a perfect lamb, and you will take that, and you'll take it to your door, the threshold of your house, and you will kill it at the threshold. You'll then take like a paintbrush, and you'll dip it in the blood, and you put it on the two side posts, and then you put it on the lintel above the door. And when I see the blood, I will pass over that house. And that night death had visited every home in Egypt but those who had the blood of the Lamb applied. And it was on this celebration, this feast of Passover, that Jesus had what we call the Last Supper with his disciples where he broke bread and he, he, he shared the cup with the fruit of the vine and he said, this represents my blood which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And on that night, he was betrayed. He was arrested. He was beaten. And that following morning, he was crucified, hung on that old rugged cross. And when they referred, when Luke, who wrote the gospel according to Luke, wrote here in Acts, that King Herod said, I'll wait until after Passover. The translators that took the Greek and translated it into English I suppose that what they felt is that, you know what? This is a New Testament. And I know that the Passover before this point represented something that delivered people from Egypt. We're going to call this Easter here in the book of Acts chapter 12, these English translators. And today we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, but... I don't mind today calling it Easter. You could, we could talk about its pagan roots or whatever it is, but listen, listen, it's Passover. But it's Passover in a whole new way. Because he didn't, I'm not just celebrating how he delivered some great, 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 great granddaddy that I'm distantly related to out of Egypt, but I'm celebrating of when the blood of the perfect Lamb of God was applied to my life in the waters of baptism that one day when the destroyer may come to my house he will pass over my house because he said when I see the blood I will pass over you if you are here today and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus we don't have to just talk about the blood but we know how to apply the blood book of Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter said, you all that need to be saved from your sin, repent. Put it on the screen if you can. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, if you've been baptized, you've been redeemed. The blood has cleansed you from all sin and all shame. And I hear the psalmist say, though it was way back when, he said, let the redeemed say so. You see, because when the redeemed lift their voices and begin to cry out praises unto God because their sins have been remitted in the waters of baptism by the name of the one who shed his blood, it tells other people, hey, there's hope. I said there's hope in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It could wash away my sin and it could wash away your sin. It could set you free from the shame and the guilt of your past and it could bring you into a clear 
and present hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right where you're standing, could you lift up your hands right now towards the Lord? Lift up your hands toward heaven and say, Lord, thank you. Come on, someone just thank him. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for me. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was able to wash away my sins when I put my faith in you and I repented and I was baptized in your name, Lord. When I came up out of that water, Lord, my sin, my shame, all that condemnation and that guilt had to leave and I was raised in newness of life. Oh, if you've been redeemed, why don't you say so right now? Why don't you just begin to give the Lord thanks and praise? If you've been baptized in that saving name, just begin to lift up your voice. And on this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, somebody thank God for the blood. Oh, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Oh, what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus there is power power wonder working power in the precious blood of Jesus oh I know you've got dinner plans and I know you're all dressed pretty and nice but could we take time to be thankful for that bloody gory ugly cross where Jesus shed his blood and died you see Easter wasn't pretty then and Easter wasn't pretty when I met him at the cross but I'm thankful for the beauty and the preciousness of the blood of Jesus Christ I love you Lord Every eye closed, if you would. Would you just close your eyes right now? The presence of the Lord is in this place. He is pleased with the praise and the worship and the word that has gone up from here. With every eye closed, I wonder if you could think back to when that precious blood was shed. From the garden to the cross. From the common hall with the Roman soldiers or to the whipping post where he was scourged and beaten with many stripes. Go with, go with me in your mind and just see the crowd cry, crucify, crucify, as blood, precious blood, dripped from his body, broken and bruised. And they led our Savior up Calvary's hill and nailed him to a cross. How precious is that blood? Well, if your human soul is worth $10 trillion, it's at least worth $100 billion of those. So tonight when you look up into the night sky and you try to count the stars, you just remember that as many as stars are in the sky, his blood is able to purchase that many more souls and that many more souls still. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what load of guilt your heart carries here today but you don't have to walk away from this place feeling like you're not loved and you aren't cared for. There is a Savior who shed that precious blood. If for none, for one, he shed it for you. And you are here today because he loves you. 
He loved you while you were yet a sinner. He loved you before you even knew about him. He loved you before you could even hear about him. He loved you. I don't know what you're used to. I don't know where you call your home church. I don't know what story can be told from your life and what testimony of his grace is in your life. But if you would, if you're thankful for that blood, why don't you lift your hands? You're welcome to come around this altar. If you'd grab your child, if you have a child, take your child and say, listen, we're going to go be thankful for the blood today. If you're married, take your wife by the hand. Take your husband by the hand and just say, you know what? We, he, he, we, he owe, we owe it to him. He deserves a little bit of praise before we go and take our pictures and get our candy and eat our cookies. I, I wonder if we could just take a few minutes right now and just say, thank God for the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for the remission of my sins. If you've been baptized, then let the redeemed of the Lord, let them say so. Thank you, Lord. That's it. As they sing, as she sings and plays, why don't you just lift your voice with your family, with your children, with your spouse. Just be thankful today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You have saved my